Welcome to Vino Week, episode 86. <laughs> Welcome to Vino 101, I'm Bill. Hey everybody, it's Al. Bill and I, we're back. We're ready to talk about Sabino. It might be a little bit local today. A little Sonoma County action. We've got a lot of uh, M&A going on in Sonoma. <laughs> pretty, some pretty big M&A, actually. So, sure. Yeah, we just, uh, you want to start with Coppola? Let's um, yeah. Coppola uh, made an offer it it, uh, it can't refuse. Coppola was purchased by uh, Delicato Vineyards. Um, what do you know about Delicato, Bill? I, I don't know th- that much about it, but I do know from reading these articles, they're one of the fastest growing wine business, wine business operations okay. in the U.S. <clears throat> and they've been acquiring a lot of, a lot of property, brands, labels, and properties. Now, Delicato's in this, aren't they in the Central Valley? Yeah, they were founded. Their their base is in Manteca, I believe, right? Yeah, they were founded somewhere in a long time ago, if I remember correctly. Um, that's the, that's the land of Thompson Seedless. That's right. That's right. Um, I, it, so they they have grown. Yeah, Manteca in nineteen twenty four production by fifty percent in the last two years. That's some pretty serious growth during um, uh, a time when the wine industry is actually struggling. So um, I think the, the, the one brand that I know that I always see around that they do is Gnarly Head, that Zimbandel. Yes, yes. And they also do, um, well, the Boda Box. Remember the Boda? I do know Boda Box and 113, uh, 11.3 million cases last year, 41%. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a big mover. Um, so Delicato, um, one of the things that they did was when they purchased, uh, um, well, Coppola, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, he owns uh, several wineries. So he owned the one in Geyserville, which is where he has a museum and a restaurant and they make the wine. And actually at that facility, a lot of the wine that you see in the box stores and the grocery stores is actually bottled at Coppola. Coppola Winery was um, uh, originally when it was originally built was the Souverain facility, Chateau Souverain, right. and um, it's a a wine factory. It's it's, hu- it's a huge property. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Coppola's vision was to still make the um, true to type wines, and also make it kind of a show place, a place to have fun. So they have a pool there, a cabana, really nice restaurant. It's a beautiful setting. I think he succeeded in all of that. But one of the things that Coppola um, uh, and his wife realized was that, hey, you know, we're in our 80s. Yeah. And we don't, they don't really have anyone to pass it on to. Yeah, their children. Don't want to, you know, yeah. The children don't want anything to do with it. And this is what's happening all throughout wine country in Napa, Sonoma, Mendocino. This is happening everywhere. Everywhere. A lot of people that got in the wine business got in the wine business in the 70s, in the 80s. That was kind of the big boom. And these people probably got in when they were in their 40s and 50s. And now some of these people, they're really well, they're, they're way up there. And, uh, you know, their kids don't want to, if they have kids, they're not interested in being in agriculture. Which, uh, if you haven't noticed of late, is a pretty hard business to be in. 
So, so, so I mean, I'm not so laughing at people in agriculture. People. Don't get me wrong. I'm laughing at the people that think, well, the wine business is a glamorous business. And it's, you're well, a farmer. Yeah, yeah you're, you're a farmer. farmer. And, you know, you don't sell a winery because things are going great. You sell the winery because things aren't going great. It's or like anything else. You don't sell your real estate because, oh, right. I love this house and it's wonderful and it's in a great neighborhood and I'll never – you don't sell your house then. You sell it when there's some type of distress. Yeah, or you're out. What's going or you're on. out. You're done. Yeah, that's what's going on in the wine business. We've got Sebastiani that was uh, turned over and um, bought by Foley Family Wines. Yep. Got uh, Chateau Saint Mich- Saint Michel, which is we could talk about that in a little bit, was just recently acquired by uh, Sycamore Partners. Um, coincidentally, Sycamore Partners bought it from Altria. Altria is uh, it's a it's a tobacco brand, right? It's a it's a tobacco company. Yeah. So and Altria bought it from. Uh, who did they buy? I can't remember, but they bought it from a tobacco company a few years ago. But the, but the bottom line is the tobacco business is suffering also because they've been trying to get people hooked on, um, you know, not cancer sticks, but cancer vape. vape yeah, vape. vaping. And uh, the vape business is, you know, that's talk, talk about a, um, um, a legislative and, uh, uh, you know, uh, going in and out of court nightmare. You know, because they're, you know, they're peddling this stuff to kids. That's right. So it's a drug delivery so they're system. Gonna be out, they're going to be in and out of court. Yeah. But moving on, Claude de Bois was also, also purchased. And Claude de Bois was purchased by Gallo. What's the first thing Gallo did? They mothballed the operation. They yeah. just have enough people there to keep, you know, to keep the um, spider webs down. Yep. And uh, they, they mothballed that whole operation. And what's happening with these companies that are buying these other wineries, especially when they're big wineries, as I said before, they're not buying them because these operations are, are making money hand over fist. They're not buying them for the property. They are not buying them for the production capacity in most, most instances. They're buying the rights to the distribution channel. And you can make all the wine you want but if you can't get it at a spot on a shelf in a restaurant, it's just it's, it's, yeah. 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 If you can't get it, and honestly, a lot of these brands, if you can't get it on a supermarket shelf, it's not going to sell. Yeah. 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 You got to have so, that. It's it's like potato chips. <laughs> yeah. You got to have, you know. Got to have a placement. That's right. And the more brands you own, and the more wine you can produce the more likely a distributor is going to bring you on because they know they have a higher percentage chance of getting something selling. And here's, here's the good thing for the consumer. Okay. Let's say company A buys brand B and they get all the distribution channels for brand B. Well, what do you do with the wine that, the winery had because you're probably not interested. You might not even be interested in making that brand anymore. So you got to figure out what to do with that brand and you have to figure out what to do with all of the brand that exists and all of the channels that are still in the warehouse. And that's where wines like this come in. Yeah. Great bottle of wine, but it was, this winery went through some changes um, the, the guy that owns this winery, Charles Smith, he sold off part of his business and moved, you know, kind of like downsized. Yeah. So 
This wine, uh, I think if you go on their site, I mean, it's like a $25 bottle of wine of Syrah. And it's a really good bottle of Syrah. But it's out in the market, and you can get it for 7 bucks. And the reason why you can get it for 7 bucks is they're getting rid of it. They're trying to get out, get, yeah, they're trying to move that. And there's all kinds of deals like that now out in the wine world, just everywhere. Here's another example. Here's a Negocium wine. That label, that crazy wine. It is. Yeah. So this is a Negocium wine. And uh, Bill and I have talked about that before, but it's Sonoma County Pinot Noir. So these people don't have a physical winery. So what they do is they go around, they buy lots of wineries, they buy you know a big tank of wine, they put it in a bottle. And in this in this case, they have um, an artist. Uh, I don't know the name of the artist, but it's uh, it's very modern. It looks kind of like graffiti type of thing. Um, but this bottle is like thirty five bucks on the website. But in the market, it retails 20 bucks. Whoa. So this is happening all over in the wine world. And it's because all of those channels where wine flowed through, has the, the actual flow of the wine has just, it's trickling. Because you have to think of all of these restaurants that were closed that just used to pump out, you know, that was a big channel. What was a channel? Uh, it was a sales channel. And, and uh, so these, the, you know, there's less places for the wine to go. And if there's less places for it to go, the thing is the wine can't sit. It only has a certain a certain amount of life. So it has to go out. They got to make room for the next vintage, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of great deals out there right now for consumers and wine. A lot of price pressure. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's the deal. And, and if you want to get into the Bill and I were talking about this earlier, if you want to get into the wine business out here in Sonoma and Napa, just probably hasn't been a better time in probably 50 years. Yeah. There, there are so many. How many uh, how many positions did you say were on that wine within, business site? Within a 30 mile radius, I did 30 miles. Um, it was 660 something open positions. Unbelievable. <laughs> 662. Um, yeah, I mean that's pretty amazing. Um, and even within a 10-mile radius of Sebastopol, 117. Yeah, and these are legit. Yeah. Some of these jobs are actually offering hiring bonuses. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's just they, they need people. Yeah. I mean, you know, brand, brand manager, international brand marketing manager at Jackson Family Wines, that's probably a pretty decent-paying job. That's probably not a bad gig, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to have the right, you know, you got to have some sales and experience there. But that, you know, one of their multi-billion-dollar wine company—that's probably not a an international brand marketing. That's probably not a bad thing. Um, Winemakers, wine club ambassadors, health and safety manager, logistics coordinators—you know. So, as Al says, if you want to jump, now's a good time to jump. Yeah, yeah, you know, if, if I didn't have such a busy life, maybe I would get back in that business, Bill. But you know, I just don't have the time. <laughs> it's a thing. Well, you know, do you want to? You know, if you can, you know, the old joke: Do you really want to own or run a winery? And it's, you know, how do you make a small winery? You buy a big one. <laughs> you know, there's there's that business. But you know, having a part time having a part time gig, and you know, if you have the time for some of these things, is entirely possible. 
It's a super great way to go learn the business, to get the business. Yeah, yeah. And, it's you know, true. Uh, well, I'm going to give you an example of how difficult and how hard it is um, in the wine business um, to a- actually hire staff. So um, the wife and I, we went out to Letson Winery, which is in Sonoma Valley. It's just a little bit east of Santa Rosa on your way out to Kenwood. Is that, and Sonoma, is that and technically Sonoma. Valley of the Moon? That is Valley of the Moon. Yes, it is. It uh, sits right at the base of uh, Sugarloaf Mountain. And it looks like the old house from the Munsters. It's this old Gothic, mm-hmm. um, you know, Gothic manor looking like place. And they helped in the last fire in Sebastopol, or sorry, in Santa Rosa, where they, they fought the fire themselves, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway. Yeah, Steve Ledson is, uh, he's really into that. He's got the fire truck on the property and... I mean, he's—he—he he actually really did save a lot of surrounding properties because he was, uh, as it was coming down uh, Sugarloaf Ridge, there, uh, he was out there. But he did—they did lose some of their—they um, had a home and uh, some uh, structures on the north side of the property that were, were actually were they weren't able to save. But uh, he's, but uh, yeah, he's, he, you could you could easily credit him with saving like literally hundreds of homes, um, just directly uh, west of uh, or south of where he, where his winery was. So I won't go into the details uh, about the lessons because I'm not that sure. But I'm just going to really talk about the tasting experience. So uh, I don't really typically go. Um, well, let me back up. In Sonoma County, people have an idea that, you know, or it's, it's a legitimate idea. If you want to go wine tasting, you just hop in your car and you just roll up to wherever the place is and you belly up to the bar and they're like, hey, how you doing? You know, <laughs> Not anymore. in front of you and you just start tasting the wines, right, Bill? Not anymore. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, COVID has changed all of that. Completely. <laughs> There's, there's none of that anymore. So it's all, everything has to be done by appointment. You got to make a reservation, which is, you know, not on, you know, my experience in Europe. It's more like my experience in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to, you got to make a call. You got to make a reserve of time. Um, and it's all, it's almost, you know, it's private, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's much more civilized, but it's, um, it's deliberate. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is good. And I think right now that model is, you know, I, I do, I want to talk about the sustainability of that model. I think a lot of it hinges on, you know, the plague that we're going through, that we're still going through, um, you know, the restrictions of the plague and, you know, mask on, mask off, you know, that whole, that whole thing, you know. <laughs> nice mask, Bill. Got my mask. Mask off, mask on, I call it. So um, so we make, a, and this is really cool because, uh, so I get up, you know, I got to, we've been stuck inside, so I was, you know, we got to get out. So, uh, and we're just venturing out now because we're both vaccinated and we've been out and had dinner a couple times, but, you know, we're still, you know, we're, Dipping we're your still toe in the water. bed a little bit, so we're having dinner, you know, on the patios, not inside the restaurant. Right. But, you know, but we're getting out, Bill. Dipping we're your toe out. in the water. I you hear you. be proud of me. I am. So I, I get up early in the morning. It's like nine, nine in the morning. This is a Sunday. And I, uh, I'm going to call them and just say, hey, you know, I want to come over. And it's like, you can't do that. 
So I get on and I do all the email stuff and send them a note and tell them when I want to when I want to be there. Sure enough, like about 30 minutes later, young lady calls me back and oh, we got your reservation and and she said, well, we don't have a we don't have a particular package that you wanted, but we do have the winemaker um, package where you know you get to sit with the winemaker and you're out outside under the oak trees and you know, but it was like a hundred and five dollars. I know it's like. And I was like, no, nah, that's that's really not what I'm looking for. No. <laughs> no. So, so she goes, oh, yeah, but we do have, finally, she said, well, we do have a spot. We do have one spot. Could you come a little bit earlier? So, you know, and, you know I'm in sales. I know, and, you know, you're supposed to upsell. I get that. So we end up going out there, and um, it's like right around lunchtime, and it's, uh, it's 35 bucks a person. It's reasonable. It's not bad. And um, we taste through their wines. And uh, it was, you know, that place is huge. It's I mean, I've never I've get never in been there, there. I've never been. You there. don't realize how big it is, it, but it's really big. But you can tell that they don't. You can tell that they're struggling with staffing. So while we were waiting, there was a guy outside that was talking, um, talking to some people that were from Chicago. They were some restaurateurs from Chicago. And he was talking to him and getting their information. And I could tell, I was thinking, hey, that guy, you know, he seems like maybe he's like one of the principals that's running the show. But I didn't recognize him because I know who Steve Letson is. I didn't know who he was. I didn't recognize him. And um, so he got done with them. And about five minutes later, he came out and we were up and he goes, so you guys been helped? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. So he took us over to a bar and they have various bars and various salons all throughout this castle. And... So we're at the bar and we're having, um, we're going through the tastings with the guy. So I'm asking just like, just kind of generic questions of the guy. Like he poured his Chardonnay and I said, well, where's this Chardonnay grown? And he goes, well, I don't know. I mean, he didn't say it like that, but he didn't know where the Chardonnay vineyard was. And he's pouring the wines for the winery. So as it turns out, he had just started there a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I'm like, really? Yeah. So obviously, and I got his old backstory. He worked for um, he worked for uh, La Crema out by uh, at their facility out at, um, on Slusser Road. Yeah, and uh, he got laid off because of COVID. And uh, when they offered him a job back, they didn't have enough hours for him. So he's like, "Well, you know, I'll look and find something else." So he ended up at Lesson. But the point of my story is that. He wasn't really properly trained because that's the basic thing that a person would ask. You know, you know, where's the Chardonnay grown? Then they would maybe they'd ask some other stuff like, you know, how was it made or whatever. But he had no idea because he, you know, they just hadn't had time to train the guy. You know, and it was just learn as you go. So that goes back to our if you really want to get a job and you know and do the job posting thing. Um, I mean, it's if it's. Pretty good time to get into the wine business because you can get in on the ground floor. And just if you got any type of experience, you know they're really hurting for people. Yeah, and and the other the the other night the other thing to think about in in this situation is because they're especially if you're going to be a customer client facing um, role, you can probably negotiate hours. You know, oh, absolutely. And and that, you know, so, you know, you're you're near a place that, you know, is in a wine region and you want to, and I would say any hospitality business, 
you know, you you know, you're doing one thing and you want to transition, you can probably get your, you know, your feet wet for, you know, from an analogy standpoint in the, in this business or in a business, um, because of, you know, the demand for, for people. And it's a, you know, like going to work in a tasting room or a cellar is a great way to learn a lot about the wine, uh, learn a lot about wine and, you know, learn a lot about the business in general and, and make some money at it too. Yeah, really, really good entry point. If you're in school and you're studying um, viticulture or you're studying enology, I mean, you can or interested it. in it, thinking about yeah. maybe you want to do it. Um, yeah, you could. It's a, it's a, a good primer to get in. Yeah. Same thing so, goes uh, for you know uh, beer, cider, spirits, any of this business. They're all looking for people. Yeah, yeah. They're all true. looking for people, and if you have any leadership skill, you could probably rapidly find yourself running running a tasting room or uh you know being front of you know being the lead front of house um because they're just they're you know the places that we've been that we that we um like even in town you know we have a we have a a fair number of wineries we have a um a couple cideries we have obviously breweries like the just walking around people turned over there are new faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a different a different world for sure. Hey, on on the side of uh, business is hard and you're farming. That same guy that kind of uh, we saw in the beginning and, and, and escorted us to the salon where we we're going to be our tasting at the end. So we decided to pick up a bottle of wine, and um, you know it's just you know, that's what you do. You got to buy something. That's so yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, you, you already, these people are, you know, they're, they're hanging on these wineries. Yeah. Some of these wines are just hanging on. Well, you're also I mean, technically paying for it with the tasting. I mean, you're 35 bucks. You, you probably be wise to buy some. Yeah. 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 So, um, we, we bought a bottle of, uh, Merlot and actually the wines, uh, we went through all their wines. Um, they're really solid, well-made wines, all of them. Um, I preferred the reds. I think the reds had, um, um, more to say and more to speak from the glass, but um, the whites were perfectly serviceable. Um, they had a really nice rosé there. I can't. I didn't really take any notes and any of that stuff, but it was it was a nice enough experience. But when we were leaving and we were getting ready to purchase the wine, we walked into their deli, and that is beautiful area for a deli. But the deli's not operating. Why is it not operating? Because well, they don't have any people. Nobody's there. There's no people, so they had some stuff to just kind of like kind of packaged up if you wanted to buy a, like some potato salad or you know but it wasn't like it's designed to be like a full deli where you right. know you come in with like a sandwich person's supposed to you know fresh slice and cut your you know make your sandwich yeah you know, they don't have the people to do it but that's okay so the guy's there this guy that we met earlier on and he's doing something at one of the registers and i turn around and look at him and i said hey man you know i don't really know you but um seems like you're running the show here you know, and um, I got to tell you, it's a pretty nice operation you got going here. It's, you know, everything looks like it's running well. I mean, you're doing a good job. But I said, I'm going to tell you, man, from from experience, dude, you look tired. And I don't even know this guy. I said, you look, I mean, this guy, look, I said, you look tired, dude. You should take some time off. And he goes, he, he looks at me because he doesn't know me. <laughs> he says, he goes, you know, you're right. And I just talked to Steve Ledson, 
Wow. And I told him that I'm going to be taking a day off for my birthday because I guess his birthday is coming up. Wow. He goes, I go, I go, yeah, this is a really hard business, man. You're wearing it. He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, you're, you're really right. And uh, it turns out this guy's the controller. Oh, geez. He's the controller of the winery, and they lost the tasting room manager just recently. So he's filling in as the tasting room manager also. So, I mean, the guy's just around. So he, so you remember, um, you remember the woman, uh, there was a woman that was driving out um, Highway 12. It's a really dangerous road, by the way, this Highway 12 at certain times. She was driving out there. It was early in the morning, and it was a single car accident, I think, and she died. That was his wife. Oh, no. Last year. So anyway, uh, you know, just an aside, just to let people know, there's a lot of stress in being yeah. a farmer and being in the wine business. It's a stressful job. Sorry. And I, again, I'm not laughing at farmers, but I'm just like, you know, people, I don't think people realize, you know, they have this, you know, image of, you know, the, these, you know, it's bucolic, you know, I'm in this lovely wine area and it, it it's a, it, it's a labor of love. Yeah, you're not. You, so we're not walking through the vineyards barefoot and through the grass and the mustard, mustard. Yeah, or as you're f- maybe as you're fleeing from a fire, um, <laughs> you know. Sorry to make that cheap joke, but I mean seriously. I mean it's you know, and, it, and we haven't even talked about that. I mean fires are happening again. I'm you know, to I, the topic. Yeah. You, you know, I mean it. It it's uh it is not a easy business, and it's all volume. Like if you if you're gonna make money, you gotta make a lot of wine, and you gotta get a distributor who's gonna put it in a place that's gonna be sold. Or, you know, I do know a handful of smaller wineries, but they, you know, they had a good book at a wine club before you know all of COVID went down, and you know that that I, I don't want to say it helped, but because people had the direct to consumer relationship already they are sustained they you know they're able to sustain their business yeah. um, and you know the wineries adapted pretty quickly to doing things like online tastings and providing more value to their wine club like you know you got your wine shipment in the mail I'm gonna get on a zoom call with you as a winemaker I'm gonna taste through the wines with you that's a you know they didn't do that before and that's a you know, that, I think that helped a lot of, you know, smaller wineries. I mean, you know, I haven't heard a lot of smaller wineries turning over and I haven't, and, and I'm not saying I've studied and looked for this, but you know, my, my, my initial assumption to be, which would need to be validated is that, you know, that, that COVID actually helped to some degree direct to consumer smaller wineries. Yeah. The, the one that, that closed, um, recently was, um, what was the name of it? Well, there was, was one in Marin that closed. Yeah, pay, 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 uh, pay Marin, Marin pay, pay. Yeah. But the reason that that guy, um, well, he closed up his winery because it was just friggin'. It was he he himself said it was climate change. He just couldn't get enough water to keep the vineyards going. The, the water was a problem from where he was. Where He's he was got going. brand issues too. I mean. What well, and his, his wife passed away like a yep. year ago. I, I don't yeah. think his heart was in it. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, when I say brand issues, Marin County is not noted as a famous wine region in the United States. It's not. But that guy made a killer Riesling. Interesting. <laughs> it's just like, 
one of the best Rieslings on the West and, Coast. And not that's su- not. Yeah, not su- well, not surprising, right? I, for when you say that to me, because he was, you know, he's what that that winery of those of those Riesling uh, vineyards were where the winery was was five miles from the coast in Marshall. It gets, you know, it gets cool. Not much sun out there. <laughs> not a lot of sun, and it's it, you know, I, you know, forty eight. Yeah, you July. want to take a jacket in August. Yeah. Well, it's July, right? I'm almost August. It's probably like 45, 48 degrees there last night and foggy. Like, yeah. really foggy. So, um, I, I know we're kind of going on the jag of how hard it is to farm, but I got one more story to share with you. And this is really tragic. But did you see um, all of the devastation that happened in our valley in uh, Germany? I, 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 a little bit. A little bit. Just so, that it was, you know, and with if if weather news makes it to your regular news feed, and you're not sort of paying attention to that area of the of the world, it's probably pretty bad. Yeah, it's. Um, uh, I just sent you. I think I sent you this. There's. Um, th- this is just one small winery that's in this area, but it's fairly well known. It's um, Weingut Paul Schumacher. And uh, it's in the Iron Valley. And they, um, one of the things that's weird um, about this is that the Iron Valley is just a little bit, it's uh, north of the Mosul um, wine growing region. So one of the things that is not so cool is that, well, you know, you've been, you've been to Germany and, you know, all of these villages, they're, they're right along the riverbanks is typically where they are. And the river cuts through the valley, and then you've got the town and the little flat level. And then on the backside of the town, you've got the hills that go up, and they could go up to, you know, 2,000 feet or whatever, you know. So um, these homes that were taken out in this town have been there since the 1500s. So none of these people have insurance because they could never have even thought that it would flood there because it hasn't flooded there for like five, 600 years. A couple centuries. So, yeah, so we've had this, we've had this, this um, incredible uh, rain that you know, like here, you know, the rain is raining in certain spots like crazy, and then it's you know here it's not raining at all. If we could just like get the rain to evenly distribute itself, that'd be great. But that just doesn't work in the world. So this happened at night, and these people had no idea. So this winemaker. Um, their uh, winery is completely destroyed by the flood. Um, the roof collapsed. All of all of their equipment uh, is damaged beyond repair. Um, they're essentially wiped out. And um, the daughter of the parents said, "My parents' life has been reduced to the bare minimum, pure existence. I mean, literally, they have nothing. Barrels floated down the river. The winery is destroyed." Um, you know, and even some of their vineyards were destroyed. Um, so, uh, there's a way that you could donate to uh, these people down there, but I, I, I think the death toll for that town is well over 120 people because it happened at night and they just had no idea that, that this was going to. And I, I want to say they had probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 wineries that were in that area and they're all wiped out, the whole town. There's no power. There's no water. The town is just. The pictures are terrible. If you yeah. could just see the pictures. I mean, the pictures are 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 uh, 
uh, traumatic and clear. I mean, it's clearly devastating. You know. So this is, and this is happening not only in Germany, it's raining all over. It's raining all over um, in uh, Germany, in uh, Belgium, in France. And the problem with the rain this time of year, if you're growing vines, is not only that, you know, your vines could be, you know, washed away, but the mold I like you're breaks mold get rather easily when there's a lot of moisture in the air. Bunch rot. I mean, it's just, it, yeah, it's bad. So... Farming ain't easy. Here we go again with that one, Bill. Yeah. Hey, hey real quick, I wanted to talk about the back of this bottle. No, it says, it says vented and bottled by. Yes. Can you see that? Yep. Yeah. So this is a bottle of Boom Boom Syrah. It's from Washington State. Um, Love talked that about name. It earlier. It's Charles Smith wine. It's a great bottle. <laughs> it's really good. I, I recommend you chase some of this down if you can. I mean, it's a good bottle at 25 bucks a bottle. It's good. Wow. It's great at 80. Um, it says on the back, it says that it's vented in bottle by. And then I got another uh, bottle here. And on the back of this bottle, it says cellared in bottle by. So what does that mean? Well, vented means that the wine was actually made. It was actually made and bottled by the producer. Okay. And, and what that denotes is it probably was made and bottled in the same place. Same facility. Yeah. Now, this other bottle, it says cellared and bottled by. Cellar denotes that they actually handled the wine. They probably didn't make it. And as I said before, these are negotiants. So um, their operation is in... The, the key here, what gives it away is their operation is in... This is a beautiful package, by the way. Look at that pint, dude. Wow. Big, heavy bottle, you know, fancy label, beautiful. I mean, that and the probably, wine is actually, it's Mary Beth would love this. Yeah. It's probably it's like really seven, good. eight bucks. What's the name of that again? No, this is, this one's 20. Wow. No, I was saying this, but the bottle alone. Oh, yeah. The bottle, the packages. Yeah. Uh, they spent some money on the packaging. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, and what's the name of that wine? It's called, um, it's called Iris. Hmm. And it's made by the 1849 Wine Company. It's a 2018 Sonoma County Pinot Noir. I'll pump the bottle barn a little bit. It's 20 bucks at the barn. Ah, there you go. Okay. So it, on, the, on the back of this one, it says cellar and bottle by. And what that denotes is what happened was they went around. Because the winery's in Napa. Hey, newsflash. There's any, any Pinot Noir being grown in Napa unless it's in Carnero. I was like, and which is, you know. Yeah. We can argue what county that's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, no, I mean there is some in Sonoma County. Pablo Bay, but yeah. there is Pinot Noir grown in Napa, but there's not a None. ton of it. No. So, typically, Pinot Noir is going to be is going to be Sonoma. on the Sonoma side or and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be closer to the ocean. Yeah. Um, so they they bought this wine from somebody and then it was trucked. It was put in a truck. The yeah. wine was like Put in a truck, either in the barrels that it was in, probably like in a big, huge vat. I was going to say, probably it was, in a It was big, tanked yep. over to their bottling facility, and they bottled it there. Yep. And when it says cellared by, what that means is when that truck arrived at that facility, they pumped that wine out of the container that was on the truck into the winery. As soon as it hit a tank inside that winery, it's now it was cellared. Cellared, yeah. And is okay. what vintage is that? It's a 2018. It's an 18. Yeah. So here's so here's the deal. 
This wine is really good. It's 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 Pinot Noir, man. It's Sonoma County Pinot Noir. They did a good job. They found a great one. It's got the beautiful strawberry rhubarb nose. When you taste it, it has the red fruits that are there that you like. It's got the cola spice, the barrel hint. It's got it all. It's it, you you don't even you could pour this. I could pour this, put this in a glass, stick it in your hand without you seeing the bottle, and you'd go. That's Sonoma County Pinot Noir, Al. Yeah. It's it's true to type. It's good stuff. The problem with this label is that they're a negociant. So when you buy this bottle, this 2018, you'll go, oh, that's really good. But you don't know what you're going to get next time with the next label. Because you're just buying lots from wherever. Chances are it will be good because obviously they have whoever selected the wine has a good palate because they selected a good wine. But there's going to be a variance. So these are like, I call them one-off bottles. You know, I mean, it's just, it's not like this, this boom boom. You know, Charles Smith has been making this for years. I mean, year in, year out, this is a good bottle. So, you know, but you, you're going to have a little bit more variable. I've had, I think I've had that wine before, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I'd be surprised if you hadn't. <laughs> so I, you know, the label is easily recognizable, but that, that, that style and font is used in other, um, you know, in other, in, in other types of marketing. So... Yeah. That could just be like, hmm, I recognize that versus I actually, um, you know, have had it. But I think I have. So this this one is a little different. This one's from, um, this bottle's from Spain, or so. And you've seen this before. They changed yep. their label. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've, they've gone with the Stelvin cap now. But on here it says a state bottle. A state bottle by Bodegas Borso. So in this particular case... They're growing the grapes on the property. They're bringing the grapes into the into the winery. They're making the wine, and they're putting it in a bottle. So one could one could make a good argument that maybe there's a little bit more uh, quality control with that model, and that's generally true. In general, that's true. Not always. So. Turning that bottle around and looking at the back label gives you a lot of info. So that's your wine tip for today. That's good stuff. Where should we go now, Bill? I mean, um, I'm thinking I better go find a job at a winery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how I, I, I guess I just give up sleeping. You could, or I, like, you could set your own hours. Like I could work every Saturday for three hours or whatever, you know. Whatever it might be, they'd probably be grateful. Yeah, you know, uh, you if you know, show up consistently. I, mean, I might be too strong of a personality in a tasting room, man. It just it, it well, might be too much. <laughs> I would definitely be a disruptor. You gotta, you gotta go somewhere where you're, you know, aligned with the with the style and and the wines in general. <laughs> um, the uh, so you you mentioned you haven't been out out of the house a lot. Have you been to the Barlow? It, on a Wednesday night in the past month? No. Why? Well, on Wednesday and Wednesdays, up until COVID hit, in our in a in a town in our park that's in the center of town called Ives Park here, there there used to be this con this concert they call them Peace Town concerts, and so they would have all these you know everybody from you know reggae bands to you know Big Brother and the Holding Company's been there and. A lot of famous people. Well, they've they moved it all to the Barlow, and so 
last, not last Wednesday, two Wednesdays ago, I go down there and it's a music festival. There are five bands down there for free. Wow. I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. It's crazy. And I'm like, well, COVID's over, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I, you know, nobody's wearing masks. People are, you know, I'm walking around. I'm walk, I walked around all over the Barlow with a with a glass and a beer. It was I, and I only got to three bands. Um, yeah. Kind of crazy. So we'll I have to keep that in mind because I'm, uh, you know, we are definitely getting out. Uh, you know, you know, my wife's in the, you know, she's in the, um, she's in the business uh, working with the insurance companies and medical claims. So she's uh, she clues me in on how the claims and how the um, the hospitalizations are going up. So it's not, uh, but I think this is all really related to. You got to remember, we just had uh, the Fourth of July. A lot of people got together, you know, and at that at that time. Out here in California, we were told, oh, you know, hey, it's all good, you know, because, you know, the governor's trying to stay in office, so everything's great. There is no COVID here, nothing to fear. Get back to work, Naves. So That's, that's right. Slave, get back to work. Um, the, uh, I, I, you know, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. It's probably true, you know, with 4th of July. Um, you know, we'll see how it all you know, I'm hearing this new variant that this new Delta variant is like one of the most infectious. Um, well, I hear that on the news and I'm like, wow, I was wandering around this like event where, you know, there are a lot of people there. Well, here's, here's but it was still outside. It was still outside. Yeah. They're saying all the people that have been hospitalized anyway, they are all people that weren't vaccinated. So I'm hoping that the vaccination part is going to be helpful if people have gone through the exercise right. of doing it. Right. And I mean, I don't know what was, I think the latest statistic was 61% of Californians are, are vaccinated. Yeah. I thought it might so be that's, um, you know, we got a ways to go, man. Uh, yeah. I, you know, people are not going to get a jab in their arm if, if they perceive that, things are okay. So, you know, I was locked in my house last year and now, you know, there's a, you know, a mini music festival in my town on Wednesday nights. What do I need the vaccine for? And whether they're consciously thinking about that or not, you know, it just, it, you know, I mean, I've heard plenty of people. It's like, wow, this is a flu. Well, kind of, yeah. Flu is a virus. There is viral flu, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this seems to be pretty, Serious and and the other thing I've noticed, like I clicked into an article yesterday about some young person who was he was under thirty, was a big anti-vax proponent and died in the hospital. I think maybe in L.A., but you know they showed a picture of this person. Clearly, this person had comorbidities. I mean, you know, um, was sick with other things, you know. And so, you know, you just look at them in terms of clearly overweight um, and probably brought a lot of their complications. Article didn't mention that. The first one I read, the second one did, interestingly enough. So I also think that, you know, same thing, you know, we're getting better at treating the thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, before we started this, I mentioned that that my mom was uh, uh, fell under the spell of covid and uh, she's 84. 
and uh, she beat it, man. I mean, but the reason, that, and she's got several. Um, she's she's got the uh, comorbidity thing down to a science. Um, you know, she's obese. You know, she has kidney disease. Well, I think when you get to be eighty. <laughs> You've got comorbidity no matter what. what Period, yeah. You know, you got something. Whereas like 10% of the people maybe are those specimens that don't, you know, that, that don't have something wrong with them. Yeah, you know, you get to that point, you got to have something going on. You know, you know, it's true. And, and I, I, you know, I don't, you know. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm sure you do try to stay fit and healthy, but, you know, age is age. And until we, you know, I'm, I'm not at the, you know, I don't have the physician that's giving me all the latest and greatest, you know, supplements or, or drugs or whatever to keep me young. So, you know, you're going to gain weight. That just is what it is. I, you know, I'm drinking more with COVID probably than I have in a, in, for probably since college, you know, yeah, but it's not, and I'm, COVID. you know, I'm not it's out all... getting wasted every night, but you know, it, it's, but it's, 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 it's not just COVID though. It's, it's COVID and all the things that, the that COVID affects is it's the system, you know, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, what is I mean, driving it's, that, I think. it's pretty easy. It's a lot easier to, well, so first of all, I don't, I'm not driving anywhere. So yeah, you're home, you know, right. I'm at home. Um, you know, you go to the store and you stock up cause you don't want to be running to the store all the time. Exactly. So it's just, it's easy to, well, you know, wow, that was delicious. And I'll have, you know, I'll have a, you know, a cocktail before dinner. I'll have some one glass of wine with dinner. And then, well, hell, I'm at home. I'll have a nightcap. I'm not driving anywhere. I'm not driving anywhere. Yeah. And so, and I hear this as a, you know, I'm not alone in this, in this conversation. No, I hear this from all. everybody. Um, and I, you know, is that a bad or a good thing? I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not drinking a six pack every night. Um, well, and you're not you're not uh, you're not binging either. And I'm I not mean, binging. That's right. Extended period. I'm not binging, and you know it's a little it's a little easier. You know, it's just a little you know take it 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 um it can certainly help with stress. Um, you know, it's getting more time with the family. So you know, we might find that this actually has a, some positive effect to it um, as well. I, also, yeah, I believe so. We've been, I definitely have been consuming more, but I go in and out, but I definitely have consumed more, but the wines that I drink are, um, they're, they, they're less alcoholic, I guess, because I'm, I'm drinking more whites. We've been drinking a ton of Prosecco over the past month and a half. And, you know, Prosecco is only like 11%. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely there. Look, I, I've never liked the alcohol bomb. In, in anything I drink, be it, you know, y- yes, I do appreciate going to Russian river and, and having uh, a Pliny the younger when it's yeah. that season where it's, you know, it's 11%. Um, and every now and then, you know, I appreciate, um, an, an IPA or a double IPA that's got a, you know, high alcohol content, but I, you know, it's not, it's not my go-to. I'd much rather drink something that's, that is lower alcohol. Um, it's just more enjoyable for me personally. And I, you know, it's one of the things that it's one of the things I learned from you that I really like is European wines. And a lot of the Italian wines tend to be pretty low alcohol and, you know, cause it's, it, it, it's part of your 
you know, it's part of your meal. Yeah. You know, so it isn't, it isn't about having that, you know, big alcohol bomb. It really is about having a glass of wine that complements your food, um, to make it more enjoyable. Um, and, and, and get some of the, you know, alcohol isn't, is bad for your body in general, but it, you know, in terms of your mental health, it can help. Well, we're going to have to save for our next podcast. We're going to have to save. Um, there's a bunch of uh, fake wine and fake booze being held all yeah. over the world. You know, Rudy came up recently in a in a conversation, a Zoom conversation I was in at work. Um, and people had kind of heard of him. This is Rudy Kerwan. The uh, who I think he maybe he got out of jail recently. I don't know. There was some event with him, and people were. Um, I, what I found most interesting is uh, people did not realize that high end market for wine and how much money is there. Yeah, you know, people paying hundreds of dollars a bottle for wine. They were like, "What?" And I'm like, oh, "Yeah," and this person made like a lot of money counterfeiting wine and they're like counterfeiting wine how do you you know there's a lot of jokes around well i'm in the wrong business it's like well i don't think you want to be counterfeiting wine and i can tell you i can tell you 100 percent. i don't think you want to be in uh in being a a a vintner or a you know a wine grower it's farming it's really tough and and so might look interesting but it ain't what you think it is yeah, did you see the, um, the the bottle of bourbon that was just recently sold by Acker Wines? No. They, they sold it for like a thousand bucks. And as it turns out, it was counterfeit. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't even legit. Oh but God. who would be I mean, who? I, I just don't understand how people even do business with that company anymore. I mean, I know it's a, a major auction house, but. They have, they have yeah, sold they, so much fake stuff. stuff. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I can't be shocked that they got busted for selling something that was illegitimate. It just doesn't even. I mean, that's what they, that's what they've done for years. It's, they sold people, so much of that Rudy wine, as I call yeah. it. <laughs> what do you do though? I mean, you know, did P.T. Barnum? Is P.T. Barnum the person that said, you know, there's a sucker born every minute? I, I don't know if that if that's that that quote, but you know, and you know a lot of that stuff's filed under the. If it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. <laughs> Cliche. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, really. Um, so hey, I I uh, I attended my first Zoomer uh, with the wine uh, with the wine promotion promoting company. Oh, how did that? Like, how did that go? Uh, it went really well. So, what did they ship you wine? So, um, what they ship first for me actually received some samples. That's why I was like, they so they shipped you wine, huh? Yeah. Wow, so look at that bottle. Here's some of the wines, and I'll be doing a you know I'll be doing a write up about yeah. these wines. But what they're really pimping is um, Prosecco DOC Rosé. Oh, interesting. It's a, new, it's a new wine. Huh? Is it good? You usually don't get new wines. Usually it's, you know, it's just Syrah, Cabernet, Chardonnay. But this is actually a new, um, a new wine. And it's, it's, it's called Prosecco DOC Rosé. 
and it's vintage dated. All the bottles are vintage dated. So this one says Melissimato 2020. So it's 2020 vintage. This one is um, Melissimato 2019. So these wines are, um, they're made from Glera. I was like, what kind Glera of grape? Is, yeah. Yeah, Glera's the grape. The backstory behind Glera was um, Glera used to be called Prosecco. And then Prosecco, the brand Prosecco got so popular that everybody started using that name. So to protect the Prosecco brand, they, um, they started calling the grape actually Glera. So this is made from uh, 85% Glera. And can you guess how they make it pink? They used a red grape to make it pink. What grape do you think they used? I have no idea. Now, keep in mind, this is in northeast Italy where these grapes are grown. So it's kind of cool up there. Yeah, don't know. All right. I stomped you. Pinot Noir. Huh. So it's cut with uh, the blend is it's it's 85% uh, Glera, 15% Pinot Noir. And um, these ones it, are actually good. Is it Rosé uh, They're Pinot? actually very good. Um, Rosé of Pinot? Uh, no, just Pinot. Well, they, uh, not Rosé. I'm not sure exactly how. I think that's how they get the blush. They just add red wine, Pinot Noir, huh. to it. So these wines are all made by um, the Charmat process, so they're they're tank fermented, and they don't age for very long. I mean, they just age them for maybe just a few. I mean, rosé is supposed to be you know wine you you buy and you drink, like it's yeah. not a wine you age at all. So this is, I mean, these wines are. I think they go for like thirteen to sixteen dollars a bottle. Yeah. I believe that's what these brands go for. Yeah. I mean, can you I get wouldn't them? be ashamed to have these just chilling in my fridge, man. And yeah. some people well, came I mean, that, over. That bottle and, uh, is, uh, Yeah, I would just pop one of these up and pour it, and everybody's going to be happy with this stuff. Can you um, can you get that here, local, like local, or is that you got to order? Or? Probably, you probably can get the Gancho. I don't know about the Voga. Let's see. Let me look up real quick. Just wondering. Huh. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, this, this denomination, this DOC was just um it was just it's a brand new dlc just, like just last, like last year i think march of last year huh so the wines are coming to market you're gonna it, start it, seeing a lot of them yeah it, you know it's interesting that's a cool evolution of the market i agree i mean cool what i mean by that is i think that's interesting pretty interesting um so, and so what's the, the alcohol content on those things I'm gonna I'm gonna say eleven without looking. Let's see, uh, eleven. Hmm. Eleven on that one, just like a regular prosecco. They're yeah. all around eleven. Let's see, this one is. Both of these are eleven. So that's the that's okay. the formula. So there, you could you know, my wife and I, we could just you know on a Wednesday afternoon, man, we yeah. could just consume this whole bottle, and yeah. we're still good to go to work the next yeah. day. It's, and are you um are a same vintner? Both those. What's that again? Same vintner with both those bottles? Oh, no, no. Different brands. This is I Voga. You. I don't know that much about them. I got to do a little research. And this is uh, Gantia. They're two different wineries. So let's see if we can find this. Uh, you'll probably be a lot faster finding that than I am. But no, I'm getting pretty good on the computer. That's excellent. Total Wine looks like they have it. Who has it? Total wine, total wine. Total wine, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Um, thirteen. That bottle is thirteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, the uh, logo. With that. No. Really, well, really, I mean, really well made. You know, um, well, even Lamarcus got one. Uh, at Target. At Target, huh? Okay. Lamarca. Oh. Lamarca Prosecco. Um, 750 milliliter, $14.99 at Target. That's yeah, interesting. It's yeah, so it's, you, you can get it. That's really right. interesting. Well, my wife loves the, uh, the cut glass, the diamond cut yeah, glass. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's cool. I mean, you could, you could repurpose that bottle for, you know, like making infused olive oil or, yeah. you know. Yeah, she wouldn't let me throw it away. That's why it's still here. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you got to put that thing to work, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's called recycling, right? That, that too. That well, too. Bill, we should wrap it up, man. Yeah, it sounds, it, it, uh, it, sorry it's been so long, everyone. Um, yeah, we'll get, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get back on the train. We're on the COVID schedule, which is like, you know, when we can. But yeah, COVID get, definitely uh, interrupted, interrupted a lot of stuff. It even disrupted the Vino 101 podcast a little bit. Yeah, and I was saying to Al, you know, as things, well, we'll see what happens with this Delta variant, but, you know, trying to get out to some tasting rooms would probably be um, a good thing. And, and now that we can schedule it, you know, that, that you know, schedule, I mean, the private tasting that you get with the schedule lends itself for a you know for a decent recording environment. Um, yeah, yeah, it really does. You know, I'll, only if I'm you know I'm not sure if they'll actually let let me in, Bill. I know they'll let you in, but you know I'm I'm a I'm a real uh, real crazy rabble riser type of guy, so they like ah, yeah yeah. Bill, you come by yourself, but not that Al guy. I don't. I they don't even know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Two clowns with a recorder. Sure, you can record. <laughs> Um, and, I take your point. Yeah, and well, hey, you know, if you are known in Rabble Rouser, awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> You're that Twitter guy. That's good stuff. Speaking of which, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. And you can reach us at uh, info at Vino101 or bill at Vino101 or al at Vino101.net. Al has a thriving Twitter feed at Vino101.net. So that's twitter.com slash vino101net. Um, you can like us on our fa- Facebook page, and you can always leave us a comment on our website. And so if you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you want us to talk about something or you have something interesting that you'd like us to discuss, shoot us an email or hit us up on one of the socials. We're more than happy to do that. That would be great. Please do. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.